0: Welcome to Back to the Point, I'm your host Rick Goulding, a member of BC High's Class of 2004, and on this episode I got to sit down with Phil Perry, who happens to be a classmate of mine, but also happens to be a reporter for NBC Sports Boston. Uh, He reports on the Patriots, he's on 98.5 The Sports Hub, he has a podcast with former Patriots players, he's all over the place folks. Phil Perry is killing it, Phil Perry 04 is killing it. And we just had a blast talking to each other. We, it was great, and covered a lot of great stuff. We started with the Red Sox because we recorded this the morning after they punched their ticket to the World Series after they beat the Astros in the ALCS. So we kind of started there. It's a little bit, little bit stale, but uh, Phil, Phil r- correctly predicted that by the time this podcast aired, uh, we'd be congratulating one another uh following another another World Series win so he was right um, and then we really got into his story and talked about what his path has looked like since leaving BC high in May of 2004 uh you know what what's been like climbing kind of the ladder of sports reporting uh, here in New England and the things he's seen and, and, um, learned and, um, donkey basketball. We talk about donkey basketball at one point. It was, it was, it was covered a lot of ground. It was really great. It was a lot of fun. So, um, he was also good enough to kind of share his advice for anyone who's thinking about pursuing a career in, um, in sports journalism. Uh, and he he had a lot of really good advice kind of weaved throughout the entire podcast uh a lot of good a lot of good stories there just a great story overall so um it was a blast quick psa on this podcast you'll notice that my microphone is a little bit low um and it's not really important because who's here to hear me talk uh phil's mic is great um i'm a little quiet so i apologize about that we've kind of ironed out that issue and um it shouldn't be a problem going forward so uh, just wanted to give you a heads up. I'm a little bit quiet, but Phil sounds great and and like I said, he's that's what's important. Um, another quick PSA I mentioned at the end of the last podcast that we wanted to hear your feedback, and i I sincerely meant that. We really want to hear anything and everything uh, that you have to offer in terms of your thoughts on this podcast, the the episodes that we've done, if you'd like to see anything on future episodes,. Um, if there's anything you think we should do better or differently, uh, we want to hear all that. So, uh, the podcast has an email address. It's back to the point at bchi.edu. Feel free to shoot an email to that. Uh, follow. You can follow us on Twitter and, and shoot us a message there at bchigh. Um, Instagram at Eagles. You could follow me and uh, shoot me a message as well on Instagram at rickgolding 3 uh, But we. Oh, the point there is that we really just we really want to make this something that folks are um, excited about and engaged with. So uh, let us know what you think. Really, just just let us know. Uh, we want to hear from everyone. Uh, that's it. I'm not gonna talk anymore. I'm done. So buckle up. Here's Phil Perry. We are. We're in studio uh, with Phil Perry, uh, rising star on the Boston reporting sports reporting scene.
1: That's strong. <laughs> that's a little strong, Rick. Let's be honest.
0: <laughs> and we're here uh, early, uh, the morning after the Red Sox uh, clinched their trip to the World Series. I yeah, that was, that was a lot of
1: fun. Pretty exciting stuff. Yeah, good time fun. to be a Boston sports fan. Very good time. We've to be said that Boston Boston many, many times. It feels like <laughs> since 01. Since. Geez, since 01. Definitely since we were since you and I were here as students.
0: Yeah. That's right. Oh yeah, Which is a, right. which
1: was a long, long time ago.
0: Yeah. Oh man, I forgot that we were here when the the Pats won their first
1: one. Yeah, that was sophomore year. Yeah. And then they and then well, so it was really freshman year at college that the Red Sox won. Because right. that was the fall of 04, But that's we graduated right. in 04. Yeah, yeah, that's
0: right. Yeah. Yeah. And so you're a member of, of the class of two thousand four.
1: Yes uh great class strong class very strong class. Yeah.
0: very shouts to 2004 yes. um and you were good enough to come in today thank you so much of course Take time out. happy
1: to be here is, thanks for having me man of
0: course yeah no this is this is good um so i'm assuming you watched the, the game last night.
1: i did yeah like, i did and listen. so i'm just like de- i'm just like devastated i feel like what happens in october yeah. Not in, a, not in an emotional way, in like a physical, like, I have I feel like I haven't slept in three weeks kind of way. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Like, doesn't yeah. that happen? It feels like every time the Red Sox are in the playoffs, oh, October is just a really hard time to get, like, anything done. Yes. Because you're up late, right. and then it just ruins the next day. And
0: then you're reading everything the next morning. Right. And then you're exactly. thinking about it.
1: You're going back. You're watching the highlights on yep. Twitter or whatever, yeah. and, and it's like, oh, really yeah, right. oh, yeah, right. Oh. I mean, by the end of, um, by the end of game four, like I had almost forgotten about the home run that was it a home run? Was it not a home run? Did Mookie Bot? did, would Mookie Betts have caught it? Would he not have caught it? Because so many things that the game was five hours long and that happened in like the first half hour or whatever it was. And it's like. It's just hard to keep up with it all. It is. it is. But, I, mean, I mean, if anybody who's not a Red Sox fan is listening to this, they're like, yeah. will you please? Like just, that just is just quite, quit quite enough, my friend. You're <laughs> you are the most spoiled sports fan of all time. Yes, we are. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry about that. <laughs> we can't help it. We just live here, you
0: know? Um, yeah, so that was a lot of fun, and, and I guess the reason I'm saying that is we're recording it the morning after. By the time folks listen to this, the World Series will be, actually be over. Oh,
1: so uh, congratulations to your Red Sox. 2018 World Series champions. <laughs> Let's just away, say that. Everybody.
0: Yeah. I'm knocking on wood right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you have any predictions for that? I mean, we don't we don't know who's...
1: Yeah, we don't know who it's going to be, but I, I felt like um, regardless of who they saw coming out of the NL, that the Astros were like the best team left. And they just.
0: Yeah. I was terrified of the Astros.
1: Made mincemeat of the Astros. Like, how did that happen?
0: <laughs> I, I,
1: pitching was great. David Price.
0: Oh, my. That was the best part. of it. So I really think that. What? We, I really think that the team was like, we're going to help you flip the script. Like, we, we. I mean, he went out there and did what he did, which was incredible. Yeah. But uh, I really think that the whole team like linked arms and, and just told him, you know, we got you. We're going to do this. And good for him. You know, like, yeah, it was. Like, it was, it was
1: yeah, I was mean, he needed, to, he needed to, he needed to, he uh, needed to go to, I think,
0: do a little penance for a little bit <laughs> Yeah, that's the, a great like, way. Yes. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yep, I think, uh, he hasn't handled everything great since yeah. he's been here in, in town, mean, but
0: it's, it's got to be, I mean, obviously,
1: requires I, some level of fortitude to be able to kind of come back and, and the, actually I mean, pitch well in a situation where you've really never pitched well before.
0: Right. And, you know, to, to, to kind of watch what he went through last year or the year before and, uh, you know, it's got to be hard being a 200, $200 plus million dollar man in Boston.
1: Definitely. Like, oh yeah.
0: I, 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 unfortunately, I can't
1: Especially I when can't. you don't perform yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, you can't? No I what? Not, not yet. OK. All oh, right, for right. My big got it. got it. Okay. <laughs> huh? I yeah. just kind of assumed. No. <laughs> yeah. This is a baseball podcast, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. We should probably. Okay. Talk
1: about it. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm, this is great. <laughs> I'm having a great time. These it. podcasts are like four hours long, right? <laughs>
0: yeah. perfect we uh, yeah, next, we're gonna perfect. talk about. Um, we're gonna relive the '04 uh, ALCS next. That's what we're why not? Yeah, let's just do it. It was
1: a great time in our lives.
0: It was. So, um, we graduated in May of 2004. Mm-hmm. So we were here from 2000 to 2004. I was hoping that you could talk a little bit about how'd you end up at BC high? You know, what was your time like here? What are some memories that stand out about, uh, being in the, uh, the best class ever? Right. And, uh, yeah, just, I was, I was hoping you could talk a little bit about.
1: Yeah, sure. So, um, I remember almost not ending up at BC high, Mm. um, you know, kind of did the thing that I'm from Milton. Um, and so did the thing that a lot of, I think kids from that area and their families do, which is you kind of bounce around and you look at all the schools and, mm. um, really wasn't sure which one I I liked the most, I think. But after visiting, I don't know if we did a second visit to BC High mm. or we did a second round of visits. Is that even a thing? I don't know. But I remember, sure I remember sure BC visits. High really kind of standing out, um, and I don't want to say anything bad about any other school. Fine institutions around the state, we know that. Yes. But BC High stood out for a multitude of reasons, and one of them was the fact that I knew I just was going to know a lot of guys going to BC High. I should say first, my dad went to BC High. My dad's a triple eagle. Rick. No kidding. Are you a triple eagle? I'm a double eagle. You're a double eagle. I'm a
0: double eagle. So that thought
1: just crossed my mind no, for a second. A I said, number. Well, hold on a second. <laughs> <laughs> Kind of, kind of smells like a, triple, a triple eagle. E- yeah, no, uh,
0: I'm a double. Your dad was a <laughs> triple
1: my dad was a trip. Uh, it was a triple eagle. So BC high, BC, high, BC, BC and, and BC law.
0: He went to BC law.
1: Okay. Yes, sir. Yeah. Ah.
0: So, so just the, the whole Jesuit education.
1: Jesuit was, like, education thing. Well, well it was like a little bit different when our parents went to school. I think you know, like BC was was a commuter school at the time. So it was like you know he wanted to. He was from here. Yeah. Um. I'm sure he could have gone a lot of different places. BC is a great place. My mom went to BC as well, but they didn't push BC high really on me at all. It was, it was a pretty, um, I don't know why they did this, but it felt like they kind of assumed I was relatively mature (laughs) and would be able to like, you know, at least chip in in the decision-making process. Yeah. Uh, and so I like BCI and a lot of my friends, like I said, a lot of Milton guys went here. You're from Situate, yeah. A lot of Situate guys yeah. went here. A lot of Hingham guys. Right. So we kind of all kind of converged yeah. in Dorchester, it felt like. And there were other pockets, you know, Quincy, yeah. yep. big pocket of Quincy people. Yep. Um, and we know guys are coming from all over the state. But sure. but that made it easier, too. I don't know if you felt the same way coming here, knowing at least a handful of guys. And when I say a handful, I mean, there were probably 20 guys from Milton in our yeah in our class here
0: yeah the the, the there, like you said there was a big situate crew so it, it it definitely made the decision easier uh, you know obviously when you're coming off from a public school you're leaving uh you're leaving some of your public school buddies behind sure. uh that you maybe have been in school with for decades at that or mm-hmm. ton, you know a, a long time uh, but knowing that i had probably i mean the crew was big it was 20 20 yeah maybe, yeah so i that, think that
1: they were all like great. about the same size the Hingham, Situate, and Milton really kind of stand out yeah, to me. Yeah, we, all, we all well, snap. Exactly. We would long meet long. in the parking lot and just kind of like give each other dirty looks yeah, and just right. like nod. Like, what's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? <laughs> um, so that's sort of how I ended up here, I think. Um, did
0: you do Eagle for a day?
1: Ah, uh, I did. You know what I did? I did with I Pat wondering. McCarthy. I was wondering if
0: that's what sealed the deal for you.
1: That was big. It, yeah. w- it really was. I went with Pat McCarthy, who was um, the older brother of one of my best friends from home, Sean McCarthy. So another Milton guy, a guy yeah. that I knew. Yeah. Um, And uh, like really probably like couldn't have had like two different like BC High experiences, me and Pat, like he, like. I ended up playing a lot of sports here and spent a lot of my time playing sports and loved it and had a great experience. That, like, wasn't really Pat's thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But being here, seeing what it was like moving from class to class, seeing, like, how tight-knit he was with his group of friends that he had here as a freshman, another Milton guy who had come in um, but was friends with guys from all over. And... um, that appealed to me, and I think even just like sitting in in the classes and like how the teachers interacted with kids appealed to me too. And so, yeah, that's, um,
0: that's a really good point. It was like, yeah, it's different.
1: It really was, yeah. Um, and it was different from other schools too Um, that I had spent some time at. So, anyway, I like how really you liked it by here.
0: By name, I mean <laughs> we
1: can roll them off. By... Yeah, other schools, they're you know we don't have some to talk about them. <laughs> We're not talking, about whatever. Um, good work. So. Uh, so that was big, and um, had a lot of fun on that, that visit here. And then I remember hosting a bunch of kids um, the next year as on Eagle for a day right, yeah. um, visit. So, um,
0: so you start in the in the fall of two thousand. Yep, you, start in you, the you fall two thousand. Hit campus. What are your first thoughts? You know, what are you, I remember that first day just feeling like what what is going on? What what are you? What's going through your mind when you walked on the campus?
1: yeah like a little bit overwhelming it's obviously so much different from if you're coming from you know a public school co-ed setting yeah um i thought uh it was i thought it was great though because it was like i was a i was a kid who was not a great student in middle school was like an okay student um it should have been better, and I remember coming here <laughs> and being way. like like all right, how am I going to do well? I don't know if it was that I was competitive or what, Um, but I really do remember like those early days um, trying to, I don't even know if I consciously did it, but I ended up like really like latching onto like a handful of pieces of advice. One of them from my senior mentor or my group of senior mentors, I guess, just, can you just do your homework? Just do your homework it's really not that hard. Yeah. Like you remember like how it was, how it was like your senior mentors, like talking to the friend, it was like, it was a really, it was a cool relationship, but it was definitely like a big after a certain point, like a big brother, little brother type of relationship because those guys really kind of took you under their wing, so to speak, no pun intended there, but, um, (laughs) took you under their wing and they just kind of like laid it out for you. Like, yeah. And these were guys that were doing well at BC high because, you know, somebody had kind of, sort of put them in charge of a homeroom yeah. which was you know maybe like a scary decision for some of the for yeah. whoever <laughs> yeah, did that no. but the, these guys were great yeah. and they were like just do like just if you just do your work if you listen to your teachers you're going to be fine right. and it was like okay because yeah. you're right you get here and there's a lot of there's a lot of people you're looking at guys that are, you know, on the football team, like Tim Bowman's on the football team. He already weighed like 300 pounds, like, like 60, ran like a four, yeah. 440 yard dash and like was bench right. pressing 500 pounds. It's like, okay, where am I again? Like, yeah. what is happening here? <laughs> yes. Like- Another Milton guy who I actually covered briefly. He had a, he had a brief stint with the Patriots. Um, oh, really? yeah, a few years ago. And so covered him briefly, which was fun. Um, but to have like very simple pieces of advice like that that kind of just guided you through. The other was um, one of my favorite teachers all time was Jerry Hubbard, and uh, he was the best. But I and this was not his saying, but proper preparation prevents poor performance. And it's like okay, that sounds really cheesy now, but I still say that like jokingly a lot of, yeah. a lot of times. But I still say that to myself or to other people, like son. to my son. He's one and a half. I'm like, hey, hey, hey. Remember your peas, okay? Yeah. Your proper preparation prevents
0: poor performance. That's and he's good. like,
1: Almo? <laughs> Elmo.
0: Elmo. <That's good. laughs> so you get you you come on to campus, you're a freshman. Mm-hmm. You get these great pieces of advice, and you start to integrate yourself you know from freshman year sophomore year junior year senior year kind of what what are some indelible memories that you have or or things that stick out about your experience here
1: um there's a lot it's hard to uh it's hard to like go through them in order but i you know being part of the teams that i was on were like were a huge um uh, a huge part of my life. I was not very good at sports, Rick, but I was able to make a handful of teams. That's
0: not my recollection.
1: I, I really was. I, I think eh, a little self-deprecating. Let's get Bartlett. Let's get Bartlett on the horn, <laughs> and he'll be like, ah, good, decent athlete. Yeah. I didn't really do much. Just, <laughs> just kind of like good practice player, maybe. Yeah, I yeah, you know, work, yeah, I really worked hard in practice. That would, I would hope, I would get that kind of, uh, yeah. that kind of nod. But really, that was it. But being a part of those teams, um, is just like a little mini community within this larger community where, yeah. um, it's like a you're, yeah, yeah, and but you're trying to. And I thought like our coaches, the coaches I had were all tremendous i was one of um jim cotter's last teams Mm. uh he was amazing um i had jerry morelli for basketball who was tremendous and i had norm walsh for baseball so those were my guys and they were tough all three of them were tough and they made you work and i thought that you know not only while i was in while i was in it while i was in the moment um was that helpful to me to be able to have those experiences of like, okay, like you're, you really going to need to bust your butt to maybe get like four minutes of playing time. Like, which is kind of like what it, or, or to be like a pinch runner yeah. in baseball yeah. or like, I was like, I think I had the distinction Rick of being like one of the few. And I don't know, maybe Norm would say, would tell me different, but I think I was one of the few who was like, um, the first designated fielder you ever heard of a designated fielder that's like almost like, like sticking like the kid in right field like in a, peewee I like because you want to just like you want to give him a little bit of time but you don't want to like
0: really expose
1: him right? well so yeah it's kind like of
0: Gabe Kapler, in the enduring like, a little
1: bit but <laughs> almost like but only if they wouldn't let Gabe Kapler hit like when his turn in the lineup came up <laughs> it, was, it was it was kind of it was no because we had good pitchers who could hit So instead of having a designated hitter for the pitcher, they had a designated hitter for me, (laughs) which was, so anyway, regardless, regardless, great to get on the field, but had to work really hard. And I think though, like even, even those experiences kind of stick with me. And I remember I actually got a chance to speak at the BC high golf tournament, um, last year, last summer. And that was kind of my message and it was almost more for the the kids that were there. Yeah. There were athletes there that were kind of working the tournament and helping out. And there were obviously a lot of alumni there too. Yeah. But I felt I found myself like talking to this one table of like 10 kids. So, you know, there's like all these alumni here that Turn are like, back, you know, spending money trying to help the athletic program and yeah. you know and and um it was like embrace that grind. That you know, because I'm sure you know the coaches here now all do a great job and they all yeah. I think would have a similar sort of approach to the coaches that I had. It's like embrace that grind because it's going to help you now, but it's really going to help you down the road when you get into whatever it is you want to get into college. Yes. You're going to have to work hard in college to do well. But even after that, you're going to run into a lot of roadblocks and you're just gonna to have to kind of grind through it. Yeah. Um. And I think that really has helped me in my life and in my career. Sure. So, That's good. so that, yeah, that was, that was a big part. so, Man, there's a lot of lot of other memories though. We had a lot of, I thought we had a really tight knit class.
0: I, I think so. Yeah, that's, that's one of the things that sticks out to me about our classes. On graduation day, I remember sitting on the rafters in McNeese and just taking a moment to try and soak it all in because I realized it was like the last time that all of us were gonna be in one room together, probably ever, mm-hmm. and I remember just looking around and looking down the rows uh, next to me and kind of in the rows above me and just thinking, I genuinely like and care about everybody that's sitting around me and it's been great to get to know their stories over the, you know, and I, I want to see every single person in this room succeed. Yeah. I just felt, I felt really tight knit with our class. Definitely. Yeah.
1: I mean, like, because you develop and it's obviously, it's a, it's a significant time in everybody's life. Sure. Regardless of what you go through, good and bad. But there was a lot of good and bad that our class went through. I yeah. thought that I think... You know, um, helped bring guys together. And so when you are sitting in a room with them like that. With microphones in front of your face. Yes, especially with microphones (laughs) in front of your face. But even, like you said, in graduation, like when's the last, when's the the next time in your life when you sit in a room like that and you have like hundreds and hundreds of people that like you really care about? I don't know. Like, I was close with a lot of people in college, but I don't think it was, it's not the same. Not the same at all. So unless you're lucky enough to have like a 500 person wedding or something, like you're not, like, you're not going to get that experience again. Like you're, you're not. Yeah. So, um, I had never really thought of it that way, but that's like very unique to my high school experience.
0: Yeah. And and the sense that I get from folks who went to other other institutions around the state, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, what we're that's
1: what we're, other, we're sticking our noses up in the air when we say that about.
0: Yeah, right. hmm. um, you know, I don't think that they had that that closeness uh, among their class. You know, I uh, reaching out to you for this podcast, for example. I said, you know, I was like, not only am I excited about recording this. I'm just excited to see Phil again. You know, like, this <laughs> yeah. is great. We're going to sit down and have a conversation. Um, yeah, so I thought that, that sticks out to me as well about our class. Um, what's an experience that you had here, uh, maybe off the sports field, mm-hmm. that you feel like challenged you and really um, taught you something about yourself? It can, it can be academically. It can be personally. It, you know, whatever you're, you're yeah. thinking.
1: Well, I mean, the first thing that sticks out is, is Kairos. That you know, that's like I think it leaves a pretty indelible mark on anybody who participates. Yeah. Um
0: Did you go junior year or senior year?
1: I went senior year. Oh, great. Um and I almost didn't go senior year. That's like one of the like the biggest like blessings in disguise of my life is that um against like uh sports is dropping into the conversation but only briefly like i almost wasn't able to go because um there was always a pra- there was always tryouts or practice or games or so our basketball team senior year got knocked out of the state tournament by uh jeff adrian in brookline high jeff adrian who went on to like a eight-year nba career i think he's the all-time leading rebounder at uconn now really yeah wow. he that might have been broken but he was for i think a hot second um Almost wasn't able to go, had to like really go last minute. It was like, okay, but if we lose, like, can I still – some? because I had had friends who had gone as juniors yeah. and friends who were um, leaders as seniors and just like constantly being hounded. You have to go, you have to go, you have to go, you have to go. I was like, okay, yeah. all right, just everybody like back off, okay? <laughs> I'm thinking, <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. I need a minute. And I wanted to. And so blessing in disguise, we lost and I was able to go. I think I went like – I think Kairos was like – we left like a two days later or a day later or something. So, um, and it was incredible in terms of challenging. Like you do things on Kairos that you really at that age, especially like, I don't think I, I I'll say this only speaking for myself. I wasn't used to sharing, the kinds of things that you you share on on Kairos and kind of like opening yourself up like that to Absolutely. other people. And other people a lot of times that you know or know pretty well, but some of them you don't. Some of them are in different classes, some of them are teachers that, you know, maybe you've never had before, but you spend this brief amount of time with them and it's such like it's such an environment of fostering that sort of openness. Um, that uh, that you I mean how quickly do you become close with the people that, you know, you went on that specific Kairos trip yeah. with and then you like see him and it's like, Hey, how are you? Yeah. yeah. Hey man, Kairos 33. What's up? <laughs> yeah. You know, like <laughs> give my, give him a hug in yeah. the hallway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, um, and I remember it, like, you know, telling people about that coming back and it's really, it's a hard thing to explain oh, what happens it's there to explain. Yeah. because, um, Because you try, and it's like people are kind of like, okay, what, what, what were you doing? Like, why you're talking like a crazy person? (laughs) And it's like, no, it's like, no, this is the real. Yeah, yeah, I'm living the fourth. Yeah, you know, (laughs) you know, like that's just all it is. Yeah. Um, so that you know, that's one of the strongest memories I have of my time at BCI. It's one of the best things I did while I was at BCI. It was one of the most challenging things I did at BCI, but that's why it was one of the best things I did at BCI. Sure. So. That's a long-winded answer to no, your question. No, no, it was a
0: great answer. I thought it was great. Yeah, so we we wrapped up uh, 2004, and you were headed to Georgetown. Yes. Okay, so another Jesuit.
1: Another Jesuit, Jesuit institution. institution. Yes, yeah. it was, and that was a big part of the reason why I was attracted to to go there. I felt like you know going to BC High was one of the best things that I'd ever done, and yeah. I really identified with this place, and still do. And so. Um,
0: so what was Georgetown? Georgetown. Like?
1: I loved it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it was it was bigger. Obviously, it was um, it was almost like you know. I think it's it it's hard, but not impossible, to form like really tight knit, close relationships like you do at high school in high school with with you know um, people in college that you're sharing that those experiences with. So it kind of felt like BC High. On steroids, a little bit. Just be, you know, like, you know what I mean? You know, yeah. bigger campus, more yeah. people, but a lot of those people um, kind of shared the same, you know, it's different. It's, uh, you know, any big community, you're not going to, it's, there's going to be a lot of differences in terms of how people feel about certain things and whatever, um, which is a good thing. Yeah. But they, at Georgetown, I thought they did a good job of kind of promoting some of the similar things that they promote here. Yeah. Being a person for others. Um, openness to growth. This is like really, I'm like really like a brochure right now. <laughs> but that's, but like those, but it is it is like, it's like on these brochures like around campus, like on the light posts, like, you know, those little yeah, yeah. banners that they hang on the light oh, posts. I'm sure they did yeah, it, you know, brochure. at BC. Yeah. Um, and those are like, the, they're everywhere. And it's like, okay, like, you know, kind of, especially when you're a freshman, it kind of gives you like a sense of, um, a little bit of a sense of belonging and like a familiarity that, was big for me. Like, somebody going, you know, you're going away from home for the first time. You can't go home at the drop of a hat, like all that stuff. Um, but, uh, I really enjoyed it. It was different because all of a sudden the sports equation was, was out. So I had to find another, you know, niche to my, my other little like community within a community. Yeah. Um, so for me, that was the newspaper, student newspaper, the Georgetown voice. Um, very competitive with the Georgetown Hoya. Hmm. So, you know, just in case any of our listeners out there were Georgetown Hoya readers, like, I'm very sorry. (laughs) Georgetown Voice was where it was at, Rick. (laughs) I believe you. I believe you. (laughs) What was it, The Heights, B.C.? The Heights. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Jeez. Well, listen, you keep tabs with these things. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. I probably applied to a a job at The Heights, like an unpaid position at The Heights, like after graduation. No, I... (laughs) but that's how dire it gets, for right? <laughs> You're like, are there any student newspapers around that might take me? Like, hey, I kind of look like I could still be a student. Um,
0: so, so was it the process? I didn't mean to cut you off. No, oh, yeah. Was it the process of trying to find that niche that kind of led you into reporting? Or did you did you have an inkling while you were here at BC High that this was something you kind
1: of wanted? To get? No, had so I mean, I loved I loved reading about sports. I, you know, read yeah, you know, Globes Across the Street. We used to have Dan Shaughnessy came into our creative writing class junior year.
0: I missed that. I didn't... I never got into You that. never... I, no? I never got to, wow. Yeah. I missed it both. I mean, he me. was electric.
1: <laughs> <laughs> if you heard, heard Dan... 15, yeah. yeah. Hey, guys. How's it going? everybody doing okay? <laughs> you want to talk about writing? I love Dan. I love Dan. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's, like, one of the... been the real thrills about my career is I've been able to, like, meet and become very close with these guys. Like, Kevin Paul DuPont is... A, a good friend and has helped me c- come along, you know, uh, it's really helped me get my foot in the door at NBC sports, Boston. Um, but anyway, like you read all these guys at the globe or sports illustrated or, and I enjoyed that, but I was never like, Oh, that's what I want to do. Yeah. Um, so it really was, it was looking for, it was looking for something at Georgetown, something to do. <laughs> like, so, you know, yeah. I can't just go to wait, what? So I have three hours of class, like on a, busy day. Yeah. And then I got a, and then I got all this time on my hands. Like I was not used to that at all. Yeah. And I really didn't like it. I mean, it was kind of, I probably did for like the first week. I was like, this is kind of nice. Like should I go? Yeah. Yeah. Take a nap. I'm gonna go sit in my beanbag, my dorm. I don't know. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, (laughs) but you, but I ended up looking for something to get involved in and, um, guy on my floor, was writing for the voice. He kind of got involved immediately and um, and was like, Hey, we need, we need sports guys. We need sports guys. And um, I was like, all right, let's do it. And uh, actually I think the, the, the first thing that I got involved in with the voice was they were looking for, um, I was kind of a ringer for their softball team. (laughs) So they have an annual softball game against the, uh, the Hoya. And so John was like, Dude, we need somebody who can like who like swung a bat before in their life yeah. lives. And um and so we did that. And uh and like two days later I was like the assistant sports editor at the George <laughs> Boys because they didn't have anybody. Must have so it was low. great. Yeah. I mean I played I think I played okay, but it was like the you know, let's just say the bar was very low. Yeah. <laughs> it was very low. Um, so we had fun, and I ended up being like like having a like a pretty significant role. And the reason why you get so close with with that group is because you end up first of all you're producing this thing that means a lot to you, and you want to look good w- once it's done. Um, but you spend a lot of hours together in the newsroom. Sure. We had this great newsroom, um, on campus, and uh, Tuesday nights were was our production night. It was a once a week paper, and uh, you'd be in there from five o'clock to two o'clock in the morning just writing editing putting pages together looking at layout like even back then it wasn't that long ago but this was 2004 2005 Mm -hmm. like even back then it was like we were looking at like physical copies of like large pieces of paper and drawing on them and you know red ink circles and x's through everything that needed to go and um and so that was great and again you like you just learn from you kind of You learn to grind a, but I also learned and developed, I think some pretty thick skin there too, because it was almost like, it was almost like that, um, senior mentor, like freshman student relationship here with like the older crowd at the newspaper because they would get your story and they would would just look at it and be like, this is trash. (laughs) What are you doing? You're going to make us all look bad with this. Stop, this? What is this? <laughs> this? Who let you in here? I knew we shouldn't have let that guy in just because he could throw a softball. <laughs> <laughs> <Get> <laughs> this is out. terrible. So, but, on the the off chance you actually write something that they like, it's like, that, you know, the first couple of stories that I wrote that kind of resonated with people a little bit, and it's not, we're not covering the Pentagon there, it's campus local you know I did news I did sports I did um I did uh, restaurant reviews mm. and like That'd you know I was oh I love that I, if great. I could if I yeah. you know need to develop a second career at some point yeah. soon here that's where I'm going <laughs> um but it, you know if if somebody actually kind of says hey you know I read that thing it was pretty good like it's like all right I'm like I, I think I'm I think we're we're getting somewhere yeah. here
0: that's
1: cool. um so I fell in love with every aspect of it from, from being with the the voice there at Georgetown.
0: Okay. And so you had the, the, this bug was, was in you now. And so what was the process from, uh, getting on the voice to where you are today? What's the path?
1: It's a, it's a winding one. Um, it's the best kind of paths. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think it makes you kind of appreciate, anytime anything somewhat positive happens you know again Yeah. yeah um so wrote for the voice for four years um did the thing that that everybody does now and probably actually started a little bit late in terms of getting internships if you want to be in media internships are big you just it's a way to meet people it's a way to get your foot in the door it's a way to try to show people that you can work hard and maybe someday hopefully fingers crossed prayers up down the line yeah. <laughs> you yeah, you yeah. <laughs> something happens something right. gets that gets made of it so um did in- internships at channel 7 here in town where i just logged red sox games um for highlights basically mm-hmm. for a summer did an internship at the newburyport daily news shout out to newburyport that's a great town by the way is, have you ever been yeah. up there i'm oh, oh, so yeah. sure guys we don't really get north of the city <laughs> yeah, all that but often but like when we do it's nice Well, it is nice yeah, yeah it's like a nice little getaway
0: yeah
1: it's like I mean, Maine is like—I mean, Maine's like another world. But Newburyport, that's like doable. Yeah. No,
0: and it's, it's beautiful.
1: <laughs> it is. So oh, you I loved spent it. A summer
0: there?
1: I mean, I I worked the summer there. I was living yeah. at home, but yeah, oh, yeah, yep. Got you. yep. You commuted? yep. Oh, wow, that's a commute. It was, yeah. but it was fine. It was, it worked out. Um, and just continue, had good experiences everywhere. Really lucky. Worked with great editors. Dan Guttenplan plan at, at Newburyport Daily News is like phenomenally supportive and, um. And you need that. There's there are little pockets of curmudgeonness in sports media. Sure. Is that a word? Uh, I, I have sure. to I have to you know like manipulate words what for for my job, and I, I, like I just said <laughs> not always sure which ones are real and which ones aren't. Curmudgeonness is <laughs> what um, I Okay, remember, all right. Let's yeah. work, let's work with that. Um, <laughs> but it's so many helpful people in that world. Um, so did the internship thing, and then uh, graduated from Georgetown. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, took took a handful of journalism classes at, at Georgetown, too. But really, it was the it was the voice that that kind of fostered that that love for it and um, got out of college and was like, OK, you know, I actually this probably happened a few months before graduation. Everybody's like wondering what they're going to do. You got to have a job when you leave. It's, yeah. There's a little bit of stress there. Oh, a little bit. Um, <laughs> and I remember, you know, emailing resumes and calling everywhere in boston because i want to be in boston so the globe the herald uh channel 7 fox 25 like i was willing to do anything I, I would be a producer i could you know i did a little bit of tv um not really in front of the camera but behind the camera and video editing stuff in college for, yeah, for yeah. some classes cool. so um so i was like i could do whatever you need i can write i can this that the other like a lot of sorry just no shot buddy (laughs) like like which is totally expect should have been totally expected but at the time you're like shoot yeah like I'm gonna uh, I can't get a job in like one of like the major like media markets in the country right off the bat with no experience what (laughs) what what yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) I mean Woban and Kornheiser they're getting up there man like (laughs) you need some fresh blood yeah Um, so, so that happens and you eventually realize, okay, I just got to start like mass, like flooding the country with my res, not just this one little city that has a handful of, um, outlets, uh, where jobs are really hard to come by. So, um, ended up at a newspaper in New Hampshire called the eagle times it's in claremont new hampshire do you know where claremont is i
0: do not know where it is and how dare you how dare you sir don't do
1: this um no claremont is uh there you really i don't know why you would know where it is (laughs) it's on the border with vermont it's a it's a Route 89 okay it's uh about i would say 20 minutes south of dartmouth college
0: oh yeah okay i know where that
1: is hanover um so yeah so claremont's kind of right in that area and i got a job covering high school sports and that was my first uh, full time job. Writing was also uh, editing. Was taking pictures for the newspaper, and um, I liked it. It was it was you know, it wasn't where I wanted to be initially, but I got up there. It was fall was like just starting to turn. It's beautiful up there in the fall. Mm-hmm. I'm going to high school games that are like the state. These little bandbox high school stadiums are surrounded by the white mountains. And incredible cool. foliage, and yeah. it's like I remember just like I would be standing on the sidelines, like walking up and down the sidelines, taking notes and keeping stats and stuff, and being like, "Where am I? Like <laughs> this is kind of <laughs> nice." Yeah. Um. And uh, yeah, that was it. Was there for about a year before the paper went bankrupt. Oh, so, so that was two thousand eight, two thousand nine is when that actually happened. So, uh, and that sort of thing was happening to small newspapers around the country. Right. Yeah, at that time. That was, yeah. So it was a tough time. It was, papers. it was not great. No. Um, you know, you get a phone call. It's like, today's our last day at the paper. Oh. So make sure you don't leave anything in the office because tomorrow the building no longer belongs to us. Wow. It's like, okay. I mean, I was lucky. I was young. I didn't have a family. I not have kids. Oh, right, like, right, right. I could go, I could drive my car back to my place that probably was like, I don't remember what it was now, but it was not, it was, 300 bucks a month or whatever. Yeah, like, you right, know, right. it was, and I could drive home. I, you know, if I ran out of money, I could just go home, mm-hmm. which I did eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, paper is actually back up and running now. Oh, so nice. yeah. Legal time. Yeah. Boom. Like big flex <laughs> by them. They came back to life. That's uh, great. it's like that undertaker gif, like <laughs> <laughs> who said we were dead. Yeah. We're back baby. Yeah. Um, uh, so from there, Gonna blow through this really quickly, um, cause it was, there was a lot, kind of mixed in in like the next, I would say, uh, almost a year. I was probably six months, worked, went home, yep. moved back home to Milton with uh, my parents, my younger sister, and my grandmother at the time. <laughs> so there's like a, a crowded house. Yeah. Um, a little bit different from living on your own and being in college for you know. So yeah. that was like a big life change. Uh. Wrote for the Milton Times and sold ads for the Milton Times. Great. Then uh, picked up a million freelance jobs. ESPN at a high school magazine. Wrote for a runners magazine. Wrote for um, the Hockey Journal, New England Hockey Journal. Wow. Um. And uh, was there any other weird ones in there? I keep my mind keeps going back to Donkey Basketball. I keep thinking so. So do you know what donkey basketball is <laughs> so donkey basketball is something that happens up in the claremont area okay. where it's like a charity basketball game between like the local fire and police oh, or like gotcha. the teachers at a school versus like you know um the teachers from another school whatever yeah they they bring like a dozen donkeys into a high school gym and you just saddle up and you play basketball. On the, on the donkeys, yeah. So I covered donkey basketball. That was part of uh, my part of my role at uh, the Claremont Eagle Times. Wow. Yeah, pretty special stuff. Donkeys. I actually have a picture. I probably could find a picture on my phone. I'll show it to you later.
0: We might have to. We might
1: have to. You had to wear helmets. You had to wear helmets. So everybody's wearing like, but like, like um, baseball helmets. Yeah. And uh, and just trying to figure it out That's on the donkey. The donkeys are kicking. Oh, the wow. donkeys are squealing. Yeah. Well, they have like special like protective hooves. Oh, um or footwear i don't know what you would call that uh for horseshoes. donkeys horseshoes yeah <laughs> <Footwear>. <laughs> like special donkey footwear <laughs> yeah. it was like new balance no, <laughs> yeah those are like the new Kyries. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> they like it was just um so they don't like scuff up the floor or whatever so nobody was like i don't think ever seriously injured yeah but um so anyway all these freelance jobs End up getting a freelance, uh, freelance job at um, NBC Sports at the time. They had just started a website. Mm-hmm. And um, Kevin Paul DuPont, who was working at the Globe, who was a friend of a family friend, like had no reason to really be nice to me, but he was incredibly nice, knew a guy at NBC Sports, which was Comcast Sportsnet at the time. Right. And um, they needed people to help run the website. And so I did the 6 p.m. to 2 a.m editing shift on the comcast SportsNet website um about five days a week for the next like four years and that and that, that was a great job because it was nights and it, it allowed me to i actually worked for the globe too so i did a lot of it wasn't mm-hmm. full-time work but it was it was one of those freelance jobs that i picked up yeah and did a lot of high school stuff for the globe so i was able to do the globe and do um comcast at the same time and that and then Um, If we want to take it even further like eventually they just needed Patriots help. Yeah, we had one guy on Patriots He was like the globe is sending four people to Gillette Stadium every day The Herald's sending four people to Gillette Stadium every day. We're missing stuff. Our site could be better So they let me start going down on days off They let me start you know because they couldn't pay me for it at first but did it enough that they liked it and they sent me to the Super Bowl in 2011 and We did okay there and eventually they're like, you know what, let's just hire this guy full time. And so 2014 was my first year um full time on the beat Patriots. No night no more night shifts editing. Um just all writing and and uh yeah, that's kind of that was a long I told you it was like oh, a long oh, winding that, road. That
0: was great. Um and so when when were they like, "Hey, we want you to be on TV."
1: <laughs> um so they I think they were. Ho- I mean, they're a TV station. It's a TV station. Oh, no, of it's course. a TV yeah. station with a with a website, and like yeah, yeah. you know, the digital thing is is really important, and it's getting more important by the day. Yeah. Um, but I think they were. I think they're always hoping people can contribute to the TV side. So they, what they did was smart, though, because I had no experience other than the one on camera thing I did on a donkey, um, with Hamilton. <laughs> Very little on camera experience. <laughs> that was for the web. That was uh, the, the web. I think it's on the dark web now. So other than that, didn't have any on-camera experience. So what they did was I didn't do any TV my first year. Um, but we did do a lot of web video my first year. That that was sort of like, okay, we can't probably can't put this guy on TV yet. But <laughs> we did these very loose segments with um, the other guys that covered the team. So it's Tom Curran. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a long, you know, covered the team for 20 years. Another great, really helped me. He was the one who was like, can we get Phil down there a little bit more? Because Tom Curran actually wrote for the Claremont Eagle Times about 20 years before I did. No kidding. That was his first daily newspaper job, too. What? We sat in the same newsroom, basically like the same chair. Oh, Twenty years separated. That's incredible. And um, I don't know how much donkey basketball he did, but he did a. Uh, <laughs> they had like these local like tough man competitions, like oh. boxing, like amateur boxing. Like he, rough and yeah, yeah. He d- he did that for uh, for a story once, and he does have video of that, so that was fun to watch. <laughs> I think he. I don't want to I don't want to slander his good name, but yeah. I I think he t- I think he took a couple good shots in, the, <laughs> in that video, from what I recall. He probably dished a couple out too. Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway. Uh, we did these very loose, fun videos online and they were, some of them were really short. Some of them were like six minutes and we just kind of go back and forth and you talk about what's going on with the team. Sure. And that really helped kind of loosen me up. You know, you're still the first time you're on TV is first time I was actually on TV was, um, actually covering Red Sox. So I, I've covered every team for, for us at one point or another. Sure. Um, but it was covering Red Sox and, uh, We had a television reporter. She was strictly a a television person. Mm -hmm. And um, she was used to having a second person there with her, who was our Red Sox guy, Sean McAdam, at the time, who was another guy that I kind of grew up reading and like who I've become good friends with. Um, And uh, Sean was, when Sean wasn't there, I would kind of fill in. So, like, you know, weekends, if he was off or whatever, because you can't go 162 if you're those guys. I don't know how baseball guys do it. It's again, we're like, we were sitting here talking earlier, like, I, don't, I can't even stay up and watch on TV. Yeah, right. I can't, these guys have to stay up and then write after yeah, or right. go on TV after. Yeah. So anyway, um, uh, our television person was like, I'm not doing this by myself today. You're on TV. Oh, wow. And it was like, oh, bleep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, but it was good in a way because it didn't give me any time to worry about it. I just had to stand up there and talk about the yeah, game with let's her. Let's go, yeah. Um. And so that was the first time I was ever on. And then the next year um, when football season came around, they uh, they started putting me on more. Um, and it's gotten a little bit more every year. The first show we did was f- called Football Fix, which, which we still do. And it's still got the same kind of vibe to it, which is great. It was great for it to be like my first consistent show. Mm-hmm. Very unprofessional. <laughs> Very loose. Like, we just kind of like, I mean, now it's great because, you know, it, you feel like you're you're comfortable no matter what happens up there so it's like yeah. we can I'll, and that show now is with uh, mark bertrand mark the beetle bertrand who's on 95 the sports hub mm-hmm. and uh daniel trotta is our host but we kind of just like sit up there before the show starts and we're like okay this is a show where we were like really don't care right okay good yeah okay Go great <laughs> and we just you know shoot just, the yeah shoot the breeze for half an hour and it's awesome um, but that it was great to have that kind of show be my first show because it was it yeah, was the same feel, very conversational, like very loose, yeah. yeah. So that was kind of where it started, and it's kind of grown every year
0: since. That's cool. So, from from your experience of getting on TV, what's what's been the thing that surprised you most about you know being on TV? Are is, are you are you at the point where people recognize you? Um, like did, do you, when you're like walking Dunkin' Donuts or something, is someone like you're. Are you Phil Perry? It's it's it
1: doesn't happen a lot. Yeah, uh, but it's happened. It's kind of funny. Like I live in question. South I live in South Boston. Well, it's it's Are funny. You
0: like, maybe <laughs>
1: <laughs> you got the wrong guy, yeah. kid.
0: It's my twin brother. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I love it. I love talking because like. It's just such a great sports town. I mean, we all know that it's we live great. here. It's just yeah. like it—it it really is. You're, having covered, everybody listening, that's I know, Boston. but it's like having—you know—at least have like a little bit of perspective now. Like just traveling to other city, going on the road yeah. with the Patriots or any other team, and and kind of see—you know—great fan bases a lot of places, but Boston is like—I don't know if there's another town where. If you're a reporter and you don't if I don't know like the fifty third man on the Patriots roster and his backstory and what positions he played in high school and how that led to his development now as like a you know a three four inside linebacker who really is only good in first and second downs. And if you have him in coverage on third down, you know, he might be able to handle in third and short because he's only covering the running back out of the flat, but he's not gonna be able to drop deep in Tampa two, like people will get on you. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like people are mad. Yeah, we're locked in. Yeah. We're which cool. is great. I love it. So I love to, I love talking to you know, it doesn't happen that often. So I'm not gonna but it has happened. I live in I live in South Boston, so yeah. right down the street. And uh there have been situations like that. And I'll be walking up with my wife. Yeah. And you just get a guy occasionally he's like, Hey, Phil Perry and then it's like <laughs> High five. Okay, great. <laughs> I love it. High five I'll give you a high five. Yeah. For sure. Uh you know who knows where that guy was coming from. He's probably coming from stats or uh, the Broadway or yeah, right. You know right. the playwright or something. Yeah. But um.
0: So what's been the most surprising thing? Uh, you know, what, yeah. What have you? What's something that you didn't expect from TV that you've been like, oh, okay.
1: Um, if there's anything. I would honestly, and this is this is true everywhere. Um, I came up, I grew up thinking like even on a show like PTI, that like everything is like got to be somewhat rehearsed or like written out ahead of time Um, and it's really not like that like you have to come ready to go like that nobody's going to tell you exactly what the questions are going to be nobody's going to you know if you ask sometimes they will like there's definitely a layout for shows yeah there is but it's it's much less scripted and it's much more off the cuff than I than I thought that's probably my biggest surprise first and foremost. Yeah. It's like, you know, so then Phil, we're going to go to you and you're going to, and you know, you're going to talk gonna about work. this. What's your, prep? if you want, what's
0: your prep like? I mean, do you, do you spend it, a lot of time prepping?
1: So it used to be a lot more. I used to like, I used to get really nervous and just like make sure, I wanted to be, I wanted to feel okay. like I knew 100% of what I was going to say before I even said it. Was that Jerry Hubbard in your ear? That was, it was proper preparation prevents poor performance. Perry. Perry. <laughs> <laughs> Um, another pop quiz. He was a big pop quiz guy. I think pop quiz. Yeah, yeah. Um, tough. He was great just though. Walk in, you're like, we oh, had a good class. Gonna, you know, and then, I boom. think he was a pop quiz guy. Makes sense. He might argue with me on that. Um, but he uh, yeah, he was in my ear, and it was like write down every answer, every potential question they might ask you, write that out, and then you know, and that doesn't work because if you're up there and you're scripted, it sounds like you're scripted, right? And you don't want that. You want it to sound conversational. You want everything to sound conversational.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, you want to have good information. You want to be concise. You don't want to ramble, which I've done plenty of on this podcast already. <laughs> <laughs> but Stop. that's what happens when you don't prepare. <laughs> no. But you kind of, at, at some point, you know what looks and sounds better. And at some point, you trust that all the work you do leading up to whatever, whenever you're on TV is going to help you while you're on TV. So, you know, I'm still writing a lot. I would still say, you know, probably... I would say my job right now is probably pretty close to 50-50 TV and writing mm. in terms of the amount of time that I spend on stuff. Writing, because I, I it takes a long time for me to write anything um, that I think is halfway decent. Writing some is will take much longer. It'll take me... That's why I, I really like TV because... I like it now. You can do a five-minute tv hit that is you're on there five minutes and then you're done and when you're done you're done and you just kind of have to you kind of have to be okay with it yeah um i mean that there's no like going back and editing and ooh if i said this a little bit different i no it's done it's already on the air you're done stop stop worrying about it writing is so much different because it's like i'll just read this 1500 word story three more times before I send it in and yeah. I'll move this paragraph and I'll change the sentence and the lead here stinks. and is curmudgeonness a, a word? Why is there a red squiggly line yeah. under oh, stop, stop, you <laughs> Yeah, know you, don't, you don't know, you don't know oh, yeah. what you're talking about. Get Computer. Program, yeah. um, so it takes me forever. Mm. But, um, but all the work that I do in my writing and the pairing you do to write good stories and the information that you gather while you're doing that then helps you on TV. And so it's just, kind of, it's, you just kind of have to trust that whatever you need to say is that up there somewhere rattling around your brain already. And you just go out there and you hope that you, you say it in a way that is somewhat
0: understandable. Cool. Yeah. Uh, two more questions. Okay. First one is uh, you're down at Gillette all the time. You're around a Patriots dynasty team era whatever you want to call it that's been incredible what's been something you've experienced while at Gillette you know whether it's bumping into Tom Brady in the hall or something like that what that where you just were like whoa <laughs>
1: yeah um so it's been re- a really cool experience to cover this team yeah, really? I mean I, I mean it's it's for somebody from where we're from Yeah. you know you do kind of pinch yourself like I know that I'm really lucky and I know you know as a you know I'm a Again, I'm sticking my nose up in the air right now. A journalist, <laughs> I consider myself a journalist. So, uh, you try to be unbiased in your coverage, but I think part of being a good journalist is is recognizing that everyone has built-in biases, and if you can recognize those, you can kind of address them as you are doing your reporting. Mm-hmm. So, you still have to treat the team as as fairly as possible, but you have to you have to tell it like it is when it's good. You have to tell it like it is when it's bad. You have yeah. to ask guys. That you grew up really admiring questions that they don't want to answer. Yeah. And you have to be okay with it when they snort in your general direction once those questions have come out of your mouth. So whether it's Bill Belichick yeah. or Tom Brady or um, you know, that sort of stuff happens. But even when that happens, it's like, all right, this is a pretty cool gig. Like I get to I get to be I get to represent in some way. I'm gonna, you know. Stand up, you know, get up on my high horse now. But the, but at the very at a very base level, what we do is we're we're there to get information for fans. Yeah. So I was that fan at BC High, sure. you know, reading everybody at the Globe across the street um, for a long time. And so that's that's who I'm there for. And so if they want to know why, uh, like what's a good example? I've had a couple of good ones this year already or I've just gotten snorted at. I was well so I was there for the the, the probably highest profile snorts I've gotten were during the Mona, Mona Lisa Vito press conference after deflate gate. And they were just like we were like we were all confused. We didn't know what was going on that day. What yeah. was ha- like it, it was a surprise press conference. We didn't know he was going to get up there and say some of the things he said so we're all like wait, you're doing experiments on footballs? What? What? To see like how much air comes out of the football? Okay, uh, Bill. I have seventeen questions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you know, you get you get occasionally you get the one word answer, like the sure. you know. Um, but at the same time, have had uh, some really good experience with experiences with those guys. So like you know, I've gotten to interv- interview Bill Belichick one on one several times, wow. and it just sit there in the bowels of Gillette Stadium, and we talk for twenty minutes about and it's been great and he's been really th- helpful in a lot of ways to my career as as, as much as people think he is just anti 100% anti media and just can't be bothered and no he's he's been at times he's been really good to me with, very generous with his time and same with Tom Brady so there was a couple years there where where Brady wasn't all that available to guys like me you know when i say guys like you know guys that are on the beat day yeah. in day out like you know he has people that he's closer with for whatever reason. He's known for a longer period of time. But especially right after the flake aid, he wasn't hanging out in the locker room and and talking to anybody, really. If he was ever in there, he's grabbing his bag and he go. But now, over the course of the last couple of years, he developed a little bit of a relationship. He'll stick around. If I stop him in the locker room and I have a quick question, even if it's a longer question, and, you know, we've had some good conversations, too. So that sort of thing, again, yeah, 2004, Phil would be like, what? Pretty thrilled. Yeah. 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 And I, and so I understand it's like, I'm, I've been very lucky.
0: That's cool. Yeah. Uh, last question to anyone who's listening, who's in that grind that you talked mm-hmm. about, that's maybe thinking about trying to go into, um, media, mm-hmm. uh, or just grinding to yep. get wherever they need to yep. get. What, what advice do you have for them? Um, whether they're at BC high, or maybe they've graduated and they've gone to college, you know, you're someone who's, who's pursued a path, been yep. successful, gotten where you want to be, uh, what are your thoughts? What are, your, what are some advice you would want to share with them?
1: I would say, first of all, understand that the grind, if the grind hasn't already hit, it's coming. <laughs> and be willing so to, 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 to weather the storm. Like uh, That part of it is key. I thought, you know, like talking about advice, like the best advice I probably got was at a, a difficult time during that winding road when I was, I was living at home. I mm-hmm. was writing for, you know, I, I was writing for a bunch of places that were great and really beneficial, and helpful to me, but they weren't paying me enough that it was like sustainable. And it, mm-hmm. it was, it was, a, you know, I was, I was going to stop writing. Mm-hmm. I had a consulting uh, interview in Boston um, ready to go all lined up, had sent out a bunch of applications. I was ready to just give it up because it was brutal. You know, I had a serious girlfriend at the time yeah. and I'm like, I can't just be, like, how long do I pursue this before it gets stupid? Yeah. Um, and my dad was like, when I told him about the interview, he's like, what are you doing? Like, why, why are you doing that? I'm like, well, like, like, Things aren't going great, dad. What what do you mean why? <laughs> Look at me. Yeah. I'm a mess. <laughs> but he was the one who talked me out of it. He's like, "Give it give it a little bit of time. Give it a little bit of time. Keep working. Something'll pop here soon." And at the time, I was I was still like looking back now, it was exactly what I needed to hear when I needed to hear it because I was also at a time in life where I was, and we're talking now to younger people, whether they're at BC High or they're in college and they're about to move on. Even if you're even if you're a handful of years out of college, even if you're 10 years out of college, you're still, you got a lot of time left. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's a lot of career left. And if you end up bailing on whatever it is you really want to do because you feel like you just can't do it, I would say I would say stop and think about all the time you're going to be spending doing whatever 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 second place, third place, fourth place job it is that you're you're going to enter yourself into and whether you're really going to enjoy doing that. Mm. Um because if you're if you're not, it's a long it's a long time to be spending doing something you don't want to do. So I thought that that conversation with my dad was, was huge. And I'm glad I was living at home so that I could have the conversation with you know, looking back on it now. Because Although it if I had stopped there, the I, yes, that would have like, that would have kick-started
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> things in the right Leo. direction. Um, so give it some time. Be patient. That's a tough combination. If you're grinding, yeah. it's hard to be patient. Yeah, but sure. You got to be able to, to strike that balance, and hopefully, you know, I'm not, we're not, we can't sit here and say it's everything's gonna work. I've been so, I've been so lucky, still knocking on wood. Like yeah. it's stupid, like the number of lucky breaks I've gotten, sure. different 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 ways in terms of timing. So it's, it doesn't work out for everybody, but um, if you can strike that balance, you're you're much more likely, I think, to run into something that's gonna make you happy. Does That make sense. Yeah. Okay.
0: Phil Perry, plug some stuff. Where can we find you? Where can we see you?
1: I'm gonna plug so much right now. Yeah. Um, no. So social media. Follow me at phil a perry. Twitter and Instagram. It's always easy place to to get at me. And if you are one of those people who's interested in media, send me a note. I'll. I, you know, I've gotten so much help, and I've you know mentioned some of the people who've helped me a long way. I've gotten so much help from so many different people. Like I I love. At least talking. like I I always say you can't guarantee anybody's going to get a job anywhere or you can help them get a job anywhere. Mm -hmm. But I can at least talk to people and have some experiences that I can share with them. So if you're listening to this and you want to get into sports media or media in general, give me a shout at Phil A. Perry. The DMs are open. (laughs) Hit me up there. Uh, And then we're on NBC Sports Boston every single night. Six o'clock we have a football show every night. I'm on almost all of them. uh, But not all of them, but almost and um, we have great pre and post game shows um, on Sundays. So we do actually two, we do a pre Rick, we do a pre game show and then we do a pre pre game show. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That is fancy stuff that right is there. Fancy. That the pre pre game show is called opening drive. That's, that's one of my favorite shows that I do. It's a lot of good information. It's me. It's Karen uh, Albert Breer who covers the NFL for MMQB um, and Jade McCarthy. Who's tremendous. Who are, who's our host there. And I'm on 98 five, the sports hub every Friday. I'm going to go there in a little bit. We're, Taping this on a Friday, yep. I'm on um, the Zolak and Bertrand program for an hour every Friday, starting at noon. Um, so that's a lot of fun. And what about your podcast? Oh, and we have a podcast. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. So, um, yeah, we're talking to podcast people right now. Might as well plug the podcast. Yeah. So, um, one of the shows that we do is called Monday Night Patriots. It's at six o'clock every. Wait for it. Monday night. It's with Rob Ninkovich, um who's awesome. He's he's going to be a media stud for a long time. Um, we do that show, it's a half hour show, where we like, break down X's and O's from what happened the day before, uh, but we also do a podcast that same night, so, um, that's a lot of fun, because he's a very funny guy, but he also knows the game really well, so that's called the Expats Podcast, mm-hmm. so go and subscribe, and comment, and rate, and do all those things for not only that podcast, but for this one as well, because I don't think that people know this, Rick, but that's how... Others find out about podcasts. Yeah, as they pop up on different lists, different places, and people say, "Oh, that looks interesting." Yeah, you know.
0: Yeah.
1: Back to the point. I want to listen. I want to listen to that. Yeah, that sounds cool. Um, so yeah, do all those things for for uh, both of those podcasts, and then we will uh, we will do battle for like the most popular podcast in the country. You and me, Rick.
0: Oh, it's on then. Yeah.
1: Oh. I think if if like, I think it's only fair. Like. (laughs) You know, if if like you get a subscription here like that, I would also get a subscription (laughs) and then we like meet at at the top and like, yeah, it's just like every week. It's like one, you know, back uh, back to the back to the point is Mm -hmm. one one week and then maybe expats podcast is one the next week. And then we just kind of. Yes, I like it. I think that would be a great thing. I think it'd be a great thing. Yeah, it would right. be a friendly rivalry, of course. Oh, of course. Like the like the Milton Situate Hingham rivalry yeah. at BC High. Yeah,
0: that was that was the best. Yeah, yeah. We'll
1: meet in the parking lot. <laughs>
0: yeah, Phil, <laughs> thanks so much. For thanks for having here. me, this man. This was awesome. This was a lot of fun. Thanks thank you. Lot. That does it for this episode of Back to the Point. Huge thank you, huge thank you to Phil Perry uh, for stopping by and catching up with me. It was a blast, and um, I hope hope all of you enjoyed it. Uh, Thank you also to Chris and Brophy, our sound editor, uh, for everyone at BC High who helped put this this episode together. Uh, Most importantly, thank you to all of you for listening. Really appreciate it. Uh, Tune back in in a couple weeks. We'll have another episode for you. I'm not going to let it slip this time. It's coming up. You'll just have to tune in. Until then, have a good one.